Okay, just a quick one before we start today's podcast. You know that one of our aims at Lift, Learn and Burn is to help as many ladies as possible to achieve their goals. So Easter weekend is coming up this weekend and at Lift, Learn and Burn this week, we are running our weekly mastermind on Thursday at 7pm and it is called How to Have a Guilt-Free Easter Weekend. So if you're worried about food and how you're going to navigate food and all of the chocolate this weekend... (laughs) then we are offering a limited amount of spots to anybody who wants to come to that mastermind. All you've got to do is either drop myself or Phil a message on Instagram just saying Easter and we'll fire you over all of the information you need to come. So Thursday at 7pm, drop us that message if you want to get involved. Hi. Hello. How are you doing? You all right? I'm all right. Wait, were you asking me all then? You? All right. Hello. Yes, I'm, I'm good. We're not going to that argument again. Actually, I'm asking them. How are you doing? See how no one answers. See how that doesn't work. Yeah, but you can ask them a rhetorical question. I don't think how you're doing should be rhetorical, though. It should be responded to. Yeah, but, like, you can still ask them just because it's polite and stuff. So. Oh. I hope everyone's doing okay. I think that's a better way of doing it. Hope you're doing all right. Yeah. Hope you're doing fantastic. Maybe, though, we could ask them the question and they could just message us and tell us. Someone message me now and tell me you're doing all right. <laughs> Unless you're not. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> you can also tell us that you're not doing all right if you want. But I hope you're doing all right. Yeah. How are you doing anyway? You okay, Jane? I'm all right, yeah. It's very cold today. It's absolutely freezing, isn't it? You've been struggling getting up, haven't you? You're rubbish at getting up. Yeah, because our heating broke. We had to get a new boiler this week and we um, can't put it on a timer just yet. So... I, it's not, it's absolutely freezing when I wake up in the morning. Do you know, I just realised? That little timer, that button thing you give us, mm. that literally moves. You could just put that next to the bed and turn the heating on from your bed. <gasps> yeah, but you still have to wait for it to warm up though, don't you? Yeah, but you, no, what I'm trying to get at is I have to go downstairs every single day to turn it on. I can just put it next to your bed and then you just turn it on when you wake up. Correct. Hmm. You have it on your phone, so you know what you know, we're, t- yeah. we're going into 2022. Like we're buzzing, like literally, they dropped on us that we needed a new boiler, but mm. we're just more buzzing about the fact that we get a hive box with it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm not bothered about the boiler, I can't see it, it's my lot. I got most excited about the fact that we can control it from our phone, and if we go away on holiday, and you know, when you come back off a holiday and it's really cold, mm. you could turn it on before you came home, so you didn't have that cold feeling. The only problem is now, though, I can't afford going on holiday, I can just have a new boiler. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool as that. <laughs> anyway, Jen yeah. K, what are we chatting about today? Today we're talking about the hot topic of the um, health and fitness world. Oh, just the world in general. All the world in general. Actually, it's not Isaacs, it's just in the UK, I think. Oh, is it? <laughs> I think so. Oh, right. yeah, I know it is because they've done it in other countries already. Oh, calories on menus. And we're kind of, we're not, I, I, I said we're going to give our opinions on it, but we're going to give like a balanced it's not hugely balanced. Uh, no, I think it is balanced. <laughs> the thing is, an argument can be balanced even if there's more reasons against it. That can still be balanced. Okay. Because to say that that's imbalanced means that the people that it's going to work for don't count. And they do. Yeah, they do. And there is pros and cons. And I think we see both of them. And like, if, if you know anything about us, you know that we do use calorie counting with mm-hmm. clients, but we also don't. <laughs> and I think that's the key thing. It's It's... It's what's right for that person, and I think it's very much similar when it comes to calories on menus. There's pros, there's cons, and there's absolutely things to be mindful and aware of. Like even if you are sat there thinking, "Oh, this is really positive for me," there might actually be some hidden things that you do need to be aware of still, so that it doesn't 
become an unhealthy thing for you um so i think it's just kind of re- we just want to raise awareness around both sides of, of basically why it's been done but also the potential pitfalls of that absolutely and then at the end of the episode as well we're going to give you some tips if you think that this is something you're going to be struggling with yeah um, there's three things that we're gonna um, give you that you will hopefully be able to action that will help you moving forward but before we go into the cons before we go into the things that are in fact what does cons even mean what does that stand for don't know. Oh, I've just I've always said pros and cons, but I don't know what it means. Is it not just cons? I don't know. I'll Google it. Anyway, the pros. Before we go into the cons, it can help. And as Jen's just said, we do with some clients use calorie counting. And I did a post on this last week, and I didn't work out the maths, but it's like maybe seventy to eighty percent of our clients don't track calories, just because for them it, it isn't going to be beneficial. It isn't part of their journey you know their goal might be to improve the relationship with food improve the relationship with the body improve the relationship with the mind none of that requires you to know how many calories are in a burger like very rarely anyway so it's not really a solution to their struggle so we just don't use it for that person but for somebody else who has a healthy relationship with the mind the body with food and all those good things calorie counting can actually be something that can really help and this decision now to put calories on menus for those people can be really beneficial because it'll allow them to just raise awareness as to how many calories are in each meal and the thing is we all know going into a restaurant like we've got maybe half an idea i guess when we look at it what things might have more calories than others but that's all it really is it's just a bit of an idea whereas this now will allow again not everybody and it might even be the minority we don't know i don't think there's, there's a way of working this out but it might even be the minority it helps but it can help some people make an informed decision because you can go into that restaurant, see the calories that are on the menu for some people and go, all right, okay, well, that's the decision I'm going to make. And again, this isn't everybody. And I know I've said that 10 times already, but it's just super important that we say that we are, we're not sitting on the fence with this because we do have our own opinion and our own viewpoint as to whether it should or shouldn't be done. But we do also know that for some people, it can help them to achieve the goals that they're trying to achieve because it'll allow them to just be more aware of the foods that they're consuming. And we have a few clients who actually eat out very regularly just because of the job, because of the lifestyle, because of what they do. And it means that actually, maybe for some of them, maybe not for some of them, because for some of them it might not be beneficial either, but for some it might give them a bit more of an idea as to how many calories they're consuming when they're out, if they're eating out like four or five plus times per week, because that's quite a lot of your meals, isn't it? If you have, I always say you have about 21 meals a week plus snacks. So if you have 21 meals and five of them are eating out, it's basically a quarter of your food. Like there's a lot of calories coming from eating out. And again, it's not a bad thing, but that level of awareness for some people can allow them to make an informed decision, which will then help them to achieve the goals. So there is potentially a positive to this. Yeah, but I think there's quite a lot of kind of pitfalls with, with this. And I think one of the big ones for me is the feelings of guilt that it, it can bring on and a lot of that is probably really quite damaging for people with well it's extremely damaging for people with eating disorders but there's a lot of people who just generally struggle with uh, their relationship with food who have disordered eating that's not at a level of eating disorder where they just have a bit of a tricky relationship with food and I'd throw myself in the past in with this so I would say that past me would have probably really struggled with this now we were talking about it yesterday when we went to Costa weren't we they've already put all the calories on the front of everything and I was saying like I'm in a place now where I could look at something want it look at the calories and be like 
yeah, but I still want it, so I'm going to have it. Whereas in the past, I would have probably been like, oh, but I shouldn't, like, I shouldn't have that many calories on this, and, like, then I'd have it potentially because I did want it, and then I'd feel bad about that, and then I think it can go in many different ways. It's like, oh, I've eaten all of those calories, so I need to, like, make that back somehow and, like, eat less calories now so that I can make up for that, and then it becomes really restrictive around eating out, or the opposite is you get those feelings of guilt and think, oh, I've blown it, I'll just eat whatever I want and then eat more. So there's two kind of different ways that that can go with, with those feelings of guilt. But it's it's the whole kind of idea that very often when we go out to eat, we just want to eat and enjoy ourselves. And actually for a lot of people, putting the calories on that menu can take away that enjoyment from that experience and I think that's a really big part of that and I think we never want to feel bad about eating out like food is meant to be enjoyed we're meant to be able to eat out with friends and family and or ourselves and just really really enjoy it without being having constantly in the back of our mind what calories we're eating and what damage it might do or how we've ruined our day and we, we it's, it's going to be that for a lot of people, isn't it? 100%. And then the second thing, which is so important that we speak about, is the fact that just because it's lower in calories doesn't actually mean it's going to be the quote-unquote best choice. It also doesn't mean it's going to be the healthiest. It doesn't mean it's the most filling. It doesn't mean it's going to be the most satisfying. And so actually by doing this, I believe the government have almost created like a rating system, like a tiered mm-hmm. system, like, right, these foods are this amount of calories, so therefore this is what you should eat because this is going to be the best for everything you're ever going to do. And it simply isn't the case. And again, it could come down to simply being having two different options. One of them's, I'll obviously make up the numbers, 350 calories, the other one's 650 calories. And naturally now people are probably going to gravitate towards that 350 calorie option because, well, that's the lowest calorie, so therefore it's the best option for me. It's going to be the healthiest. It's going to be the lowest calorie. It's going to help me to achieve my goals and I'm going to lose weight. But what if that 650 calorie option was actually healthier because it's more nutritious, it's got more nutritional goodness in it, so therefore it's going to be better for you, for energy, for your hair, for your skin, for your nails, for your internal workings of everything that goes on in the body. So it's going to be absolutely phenomenal for that. And also what if that 650 calorie option is actually going to be made up of foods that fill you up more because maybe there's more volume to it, so it's going to take up more room in your stomach. And what if it's actually more satisfying as well? Which means that once you've finished that meal, you're happy, you feel great, you feel like you've got energy, you feel full, compared to if you had the 350 calorie option where you feel a bit rubbish, you didn't really like it that much, you're not satisfied, you're still hungry, it hasn't really done anything from a health point of view, you're now going to go and get more food. Mm. So you're going to go and get something that might be 500 calories. And all of a sudden you've had 850 calories. You've had more calories choosing what has now been considered the, as I said before, quote unquote, best option. So it really doesn't mean that it's better. Yeah, and I would also say on the flip side of that, like you can have the highest thing, calorie thing on the menu and that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be the tastiest either. No, absolutely like, not, yeah. It's 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 quite a confusing message, and it's almost like another rule to live our lives by. Like the high calorie option is the worst, and the low calorie option is the best, and it's much more complicated than that, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, and then the, I think the big one is obviously the the reason behind it is to help reduce obesity, mm-hmm. therefore help people lose weight, and in reality, that 
isn't going to be what this is going to do <laughs> because realistically a lot of the reasons that people are reaching for food and the the decisions that people are making are down to a multitude of different factors that have happened previous to that and it's not just as simple as I'll just pick that lower calorie option or I'll just have this because a lot of the time we've got things like emotions playing into it we've got things like lifestyle factors like sleep family situations health like there's so many things that underpin our decisions around food and often we allow those reasons to be the kind of driving factor behind our decisions regardless of what that calories regardless of what the calories of that object are and actually in order to make changes we need to be focusing on the behaviours and the whys and the the hows and all of those great things and, and making changes to that because we've talked about this loads and loads and loads haven't we like we know it's as easy as eat less move more but eating less and moving more isn't that easy. No, absolutely not. You're and I think it comes right. down to that, doesn't it? It comes down to like the government is simplifying a really complex topic in saying that it is just as easy as eating the low calorie option. Mm-hmm. But for the majority of people, that isn't necessarily the best or the easiest thing in the world right now because there's so many other things that we need to be focusing on in order to help that person to do that. Absolutely. And we are going to run through some tips in a second for those of you who came to this episode knowing that you was already struggling or have maybe got to this point and go, hang on, maybe this is actually going to be a little bit more difficult than I realised. We are going to run through three tips, but just before I do, two quick things. First of all, multitude, great word. Thank you. Solid word, love that, dead impressed. Second of all, really quick funny story, when me and Jen were writing the notes for this, um, Jen had written down the first few things and then it got down to um, the next point and Jen was like, oh, is there anything else we want to talk about? And I went, well, yeah, it's not going to work. And Jen was like, what do you mean it's not going to work? And I was like, the whole thing, the scheme that they're doing. She was like, oh, I thought you meant the episode, the podcast. I was like, no, the podcast is fine. The podcast is brilliant. That's going to work. I thought Phil was just like, no, we're not doing that topic. It's I just quit. Like, I thought like, I'd written it all out and you were just like... No, I don't think that's going to work. Like, I, I, I don't think we can do this Not topic. Rubbish. <laughs> anyway, three tips for those of you who potentially think that you may struggle with this. And hopefully this is going to be three things that you can take away and literally action straight away. Mm-hmm. So number one, and I know this has been spoken about a little bit, but you can hopefully in most places, I reckon by in a few months, probably every single one of them, be able to ask for a non-calorie menu or a menu without calories on it. I think right now, initially... There might be a little bit of a struggle whilst restaurants get everything together and work out how they can have all these options. But that said, they could probably just use the old menu that didn't have calories on mm. it. So that might not be that difficult. Um, but I know that it's definitely going to be a good idea for you to ask for the non-calorie option. And to be honest with you, I quite hope that in restaurants, they actually start to offer both out and say like, which one do you want? And I'd actually think it'd be a great idea for them to put the non-calorie option out and then you have to ask for the calorie version. But... You know, that's something to definitely be discussed in future. But yeah, tip number one is to ask for the non-calorie option menu. Tip number two is to choose the smaller non-chain restaurants because although this is not something that we necessarily agree with, one thing that we do know is that obviously it's only only been put into restaurants that are, I think, off the top of my head, have a minimum of 250 members of staff. So you've got 150 or 250. So it's not going to be in the smaller non-chain restaurants. In those restaurants, they can keep the current non-calorie menus that they've got. So by 
choosing those, again, this, this is one of those things that's like, well, I shouldn't have to. And you're right, you shouldn't have to. But this is a tip that will hopefully help you. By choosing those, you won't come up against that barrier of only having a calorie menu and available. And you get um, support in small businesses. Absolutely, well. yeah, so 100%. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. And then the last one, and this one's potentially going to be a little bit more difficult, but can be super powerful, is beforehand, just explain to the people that you're with that you don't want to speak about calories whilst you're there. I think there is going to be those discussions, isn't there? Like when people are looking at options and being like, oh, well, I could have that, but actually that one's a lower calorie option. Yeah. Or, oh my goodness, how many calories are in that? I didn't even know. Like, Because if you, yeah. you're trying to avoid that and you wanted to pick that option and then somebody says something like that... If you're trying to work on your relationship with food, that actually might then change your decision, and and that's what we're trying to avoid. Like we want to focus on the the kind of food that we want to eat and enjoy that. And to give you an idea of how you could say it, literally use what Jen's just said. Those words. Say to the person or the people around you, "I'm trying to re- work on my relationship with food, or I, I struggle with my relationship with food, or whatever it might be," and just just explain, tell that story. Say when I'm looking through the menu, the last thing I need to hear is somebody saying, oh my God, I was going to get that, but it's this amount of calories. Because maybe that's what I was going to get. And now that I know it's this amount of calories, I'm not going to get it and I'm not going to enjoy my meal. So just explain, like tell them the story. Because I think one of the big things I've noticed since this has happened is there is a lack of awareness around why this is even a, a bad thing. Like the amount, like the comments on the posts that are put on social media, the messages from people saying like, no, no, you're wrong, Phil. It's going to be amazing. And I'm like, yeah, but you've got a good relationship with food, so you think it's going to be amazing. So if, if you're going to a restaurant with someone who's got a great relationship with food, it's highly likely they're not going to understand what that even feels like. So it's really important that you bring that to their attention because I've absolutely no doubt that if they're a good enough person to go for food with, then they should understand. And if they're not, go for food with someone who understands. Yeah, so whichever side of the fence you are sat on, I think the big thing is it like it doesn't necessarily mean that like you're wrong because there is like positives, there is negatives. I think just from the large percentage of people that we work with and the people that are probably sat listening to this because you follow our content and the people that we kind of speak to and help, it probably isn't the best for those people. And I think that's that's why because we see this on a day to day basis, we see the damage that this can do, and I think that's why we take calorie counting on an individual basis because it is really really important to understand what is best for you and what is going to be most helpful or what is potentially going to be harmful for you and your mindset so maybe even listening to this today maybe you felt like oh this is a really good decision and then actually you kind of sat here thinking oh actually yeah like maybe that will be a little bit trickier than I initially thought and I think it's just kind of just being honest with yourself about where you're at with your relationship with food like in terms of if you were calorie counting like what what would the situation be if you found out the calories in a meal like imagine that before you go into it because it just means that you can kind of put your armor on like are you going to be feeling feelings of guilt if you see certain numbers are you then going to either eat more or eat less to compensate for that like because there's some of the probable probable uh, probable red flags in that situation, I think. Like so, asking yourself those questions before you go in somewhere, you can then kind of try and navigate that situation with a little bit more strategicness, basically. Is strategicness a word? I don't think so. Right, I'm gonna put you Strategy. on the spot then. Okay, go on then. 
It's uh, just treating as a word. <laughs> Is that my question? Yeah, that's, my, that's the question. Okay. Now I've got that one. Uh, again, I made this one up. I started looking and the questions were absolutely, they were so poor. I was having a look and it was like, would you rather go to a desert or a forest? And you said you'd seen this question then you'd put a spin on it, but I can guess where you saw the question. What? Back of a Kit Kat. Oh, no. Oh. No. <laughs> I no. actually had a really good one on the back of my Kit Kat yesterday. I wish I'd taken a picture of it. Do you not remember it? No. I can. I put mine in my story. Yeah, you that? did. Twirls and fingers, bananas. Brilliant. You just speak like a cave woman <laughs> so that I can't ask the question. Jen just wanted to get in there quicker. Just said, Twirls, fingers, bananas. <laughs> so that I couldn't ask it. Would anyway. you rather have bananas for fingers or bananas for twirls? There you go. I'll see you this week's instead. Okay, go on. Would you rather... Yeah. Go to Hogwarts for five years. Right. But you literally cannot and never ever will be able to do magic. I'm not, just a pure not, and simple not, muggle. You're a muggle in Hogwarts. Or would you rather be a wizard? You can do loads of magic, all the magic, great magic things, but no one's ever allowed to know and you can only ever do it in the comfort of your own kind of like solo situations. You can't like... It's like Harry Potter at the Dursleys. Dursley's? Is that right? Well, even worse though, because like you're not allowed to impact anyone else around. Like you can all, like you could potentially like turn the kettle on from the living room. You could put the heating on from the bedroom. I know you. <laughs> that um, is magic. So there's that one. Which one would you rather? Hogwarts mm. for five years as a muggle or a wizard, but no one's ever allowed to find out. Question. You can't. You always answer the on the spot question <laughs> with a question every other week when it's you. <laughs> Well, can I ask you a question, Phil? And it's going to be something silly like, oh, is my wand pink? Well, I don't know. No, I wouldn't want a pink wand. Brilliant. Um, No, but I feel like I need to know information in order to make my decision. So, if I'm the wizard in the normal world, Hmm. in the muggle world, do I still know all the spells and stuff? What do you mean you still know all the spells and stuff? You're a wizard, of course you do. You're a wizard, Harry. Hmm. Um... Yeah, well, but being like, a wizard that doesn't know spells. You're not a wizard, then, are yeah, you? Yeah, but they get taught stuff at Hogwarts, don't they? Right. Yeah, you know them all. You know everything. You know, I know everything. I said this. Right. In the question, if you was listening. Oh. Too busy at Hogwarts? I think the wizard in the muggle world. Gotcha. Yeah, not muggle in the wizard world. Interesting. Thought you'd choose the other way around. No, because I can't, like, get involved in stuff. I'd definitely get bullied by Draco, too. You'd get bullied by Draco whether you was a wizard or not. That's not very nice. It's true though, isn't it? Uh, probably. <laughs> um, no, I'm a nerd. He didn't like Hermione, did he? No, he didn't. I'm not as bad as Hermione. It's comparing yourself to Hermione Granger. I'm not as bad as her. It's a big show. You, you was professional Trelawney, wasn't you? Trelawney. Mm, mm. That was good. Yeah, so you, you would be a wizard in a muggle world. Yes, I think I would because at least then I could like utilise my skills. I think I'd just feel really left out in the uh, Hogwarts with my muggle powers. Isn't that interesting? You'd feel left out at Hogwarts because you're the only one that doesn't have powers, but you wouldn't feel left out in the world even though you're the only one with powers. Yeah, but I could still do everything that everybody was doing, plus a bit more. Mm. Whereas in the wizard world, I couldn't do everything that everybody was doing. That's right. You'd have to be very careful in the muggle world though, wouldn't you? Well, yeah, but Do you know what I wish I'd have asked? Would you rather be a wizard in the muggle world or a muggle in the wizard world? <laughs> I wish that was my question. I just thought I'd bring Hogwarts in because I like it. But, um, so you, that's what you're choosing? Yeah, I think I would. I think I would, to be honest with you. I think because that makes then it's, we can just do extra things, couldn't we? Yeah, I could literally just point at that laptop now. And turn those emails off. No, because I could do that if I just pointed hard enough at that button that's on mute. But I could just point at that now and this podcast would be edited and it'd be ready to go. 
Yeah, but I'm in the room, so you couldn't. What does that mean? You said you couldn't use it when everyone's around. Oh, that's true, yeah. Yeah, you won't tell anyone. <laughs> Actually, I wouldn't tell you. <laughs> what, you just tell me that's how you I do just it like, It's touch screen. <laughs> I just like... No, I just let you do things. Like, I'd go down, like, when it's my turn to do washing up, and, like, just, like, like sort of clean now, just, like, put my wand at it. Whereas when you went down, you'd have to, like, do it. That'd be funny, wouldn't it? I'd sit there and Yeah, like, a little extendable wand so it'd, like, close down so you could, like, flip it out. Yeah, that's what I'd do. Or I'd just get a cane and just use that. <laughs> all the time mm. everyone thinks you got a bad leg when in reality I've not I've actually just got a really great wand <laughs> right great answer love that great question as well well done Phil it was though wasn't it it was a good one it was a good one I really like that one I'll be pondering what I could be doing as a wizard in a muddle world all day did you say muddle that? muddle yeah muddled that up didn't you muddled it up anyway hopefully this episode has really really helped to uh, clear a few things up not just about understand being a wizard understand that uh, you could that you could be a muggle <laughs> stop anyway I'm just going to end it though before Jen falls asleep have a fantastic week uh, hope it is the best <laughs> week of your entire life and we will no doubt catch up with you again next week and if you're struggling with anything to do with calories and menus and stuff please just drop us a message and, and chat about it because we know that it will be a struggle for a lot of people or if you just want like a discussion about it then we're always up for a discussion absolutely have a good one see you later bye